Welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet and a happy E3 to you Matt and a happy E3 to all of you in the chat. It's the happiest time of the year for video game players out there. For real gamers and their monster <laughs> energy drinks. <laughs> for real gamers and uh, people who enjoy chaos. Also that too. Man, there's a lot of chaos this year. Just I'm gonna fucking kill chaos. <laughs> I, I love that where it's like, man, you're coming in strong. You're coming in at 11. I'm here to kill chaos. Me <laughs> and my Henley shirt. I'm glad that there's finally a video game character that I can cosplay, Matt. <laughs> For those who don't know everyone, we're talking about Final Fantasy Origin USA. It's a remake of the first one because Garland is there, but it's also like really weird too and updated and Dark Soulsy. It's updated, but updated if updating was like we're in 2003 we say updating but in fact it actually looks like something that square enix made back in that weird period when they were trying really hard to court american audiences mm -hmm. also thank you mckelly's for the subscription like like i'm talking like back in the days of the original near not like those two good nears you got but like the old near the when they changed yeah, yeah when they changed everything about it it's crazy to think we're back there yeah yeah but yeah, so uh, E3 is going on, if you couldn't tell, everyone, and Matt and I have thoughts. It's been going on for two days, and it's going to keep going on. They've actually stretched the show considerably. Of course they have. they they, they got to fill in all the gaps there that that um we wouldn't usually have. I guess so. I, I, I mean, the whole... I, think, I guess, like, the big, like, because it's mainly because, like, Sony's not there. I think, like, Nintendo's doing their own thing. Yes. Yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, again, I don't know about you, but uh, we've had two days of it so far, and I would say, you know, uh, nothing disappointed me, but, like, nothing's truly impressed me either. It feels very much like a, uh, like a pattern-holding year. Yeah, I was just about to say that. It's like a stopgap year. The, this is the year, like, everything was affected by COVID, so it's like, well, yeah. what do we got? What do we got? We'll, like, we'll pull out this, this old yeah. IP that we, we kind of shelved, and we'll work on it for a little bit and, like, present it. It, it kind of had no choice but to be because, yeah, because of COVID, every video game maker lost one to two years of development, basically, so they're all mm -hmm. behind. And also, and here's the big one, uh, it's hard to get people excited about next-gen video game titles when most people out there don't even own your new console yet, either because of delays, lack of stock, or scalpers. Well, as well as that, it's, it's hard to get people excited about it because... Um... A lot of the games aren't true next gen. They'll be like, "This yep. is the next gen game," and they say it's coming to PlayStation Four. So I was like, "Oh, you developed this for PlayStation Four and Xbox yep. One first, and then ported it." My favorite is the is is I guess what you would call the backporting is what it is. Hey, Godfall, everyone <laughs> is going to be on the PS Four. I'm like, but I thought that was a next gen game. Oh, I guess it isn't as next gen as you wanted it to be, huh? I guess you probably it wasn't didn't as sell biggest, as many. Biggest seller. So now they're putting yeah. it on PlayStation Four, so it'll sell a bit more. So if they could sell a little bit more. Ooh, I guess that's possible, huh? Huh? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, well, I'll be. Uh, I guess of everything we've seen so far, what uh, what stuck out to you? What did uh, what really excited you? <sighs> Not nothing really. Like mm. I, like as as you said, it was it's kind of like a holding pattern year. So, but I, I liked um, we got Elden Ring there. Yes, the that's right. Uh, that looked pretty cool, like an open world Dark Souls five, basically. 
Yeah, that's more or less what it is. In fact, like, if you had just shown me that and told me that it was an Elden Ring, I'd be like, oh, Dark Souls 5. <laughs> well, I think that's probably what it was. And then maybe George R. R. Martin got involved and what, right. like, wanted to be involved and be like, oh, we'll change it all then. Like, literally, it has all the telltale marks of a From Software game. Talk about flame, a lady in a hood, a corrupt church, a wolf knight with a big sword. <laughs> Your character is... It's not the unkindled or the unburnt. It's like around that same sort of the tarnished uh, archetype. Yep, yep, the tarnished. Yes, you've got a mysterious ass name. The big appeal now, I guess, is now it's open world and you have a mount, mm-hmm. which that's cool. I can yeah. dig on that. Yeah, I'm sure it will be good. From Software makes quality games for a very you know devoted fan base, and maybe this time I'll actually finish this one. <laughs> Either because of difficulty or because I end up taking a break from from software games. I never finish them because I get pretty far, come back and be like, oh, no, I don't remember how to do anything. I've lost all my reflexes. (laughs) Fuck. Well, you might as well just start over at this point (laughs) is the general feeling. But, yeah, that looked cool. Uh, I'm actually more excited for Far Cry 6 than I thought I would be. Far Cry 6 actually looks super cool. Uh, I can't get excited about those games. I mean, I completely sat out 5 and whichever one came after 5 because they had, like, that weird, mm-hmm. like, sequel afterwards. It wasn't really a se- It was just, like, a reskin. It was a reskin to make it all bright and colorful. This one looks cool because, I mean, you know, part of the big appeal of Far Cry has always been being a guerrilla fighter. So this one just said, fuck it, we're doing our own take on the Cuban Revolution. We got the guy from Breaking Bad to be the bad guy because mm-hmm. literally bad guys sell this whole series. But hey, uh, you actually get to see your players uh, or your playable character's face this time, which that, I appreciated. That, that, that is one thing I do like. You're not an un, unnameable mm-hmm. uh, character who he doesn't talk or anything. You don't see his face or anything. Yeah, maybe we'll actually maybe they'll actually spread some of that characterization around because I loved uh, they started Ubisoft at being like, oh, you know, uh, Far Cry has some of the greatest villains in all of video games, and like, yeah, your villains are good. Why can't you share that characterization with your main characters? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they'll do that. I like the kind of cobbled together weapon things, the crazy backpacks. I'm like, all right, this is maybe doing just mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. to get me back into Far Cry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was also an Avatar game, which uh, it really feels like either people are super on board for the Avatar game or people don't give a shit. Where do you Uh, fall? I don't give a shit. Never has so much time, effort, money, and resources been thrown at something so arguably empty as James Cameron's Avatar. And I was talking uh, about this with Kurt and you and other people on Twitter where it's like, look, even if you thought it was the best, most mind-blowing thing back in 2009 and it changed your life – are you really still holding out for it all this That's time later I don't in 2021? Understand. Again, like, why are people holding it up to such a high standard? It was a very, very run-of-the-mill, like, plot and, like, story. And even, like, the world of Pandora, I don't particularly find interesting. Because mm. someone pointed this out, and I like, like, oh, that's why I don't like it. It, do- it, it depicts everything as, like, perfect. Mm. there's no like of that none of that nitty-gritty like evolution had a fucking joke with this fucking design of a creature or something Mm. you know no muddy or anything gritty stuff it's just all perfect yeah it's that and what what gets me too is like yeah technologically speaking it was a huge advancement for 2009 
We've come so much further than that. Mm -hmm. And it's weird, too, that, you know, even though the movie was all about embracing 3D technology and embracing new technology, the game looks pretty standard. I'm like, no, see, this should have been VR. This should have been something crazy where you Mm -hmm. rolled the dice on it. But no, you're just just giving us another what looks to be bog standard first person shooter. Okay. And it's Ubisoft. So it'll just be like their Assassin's Creed worlds. Mm. But Pandora. How many towers am I going to have to climb, Matt? Yep. How many towers? Trees, trees, though. Got to climb the big tree. There you go. And you got to mark our words right now, everyone. And again, if we're right, you owe us a Coke. In that game, you will need to climb a big tree and you'll need to connect your, your what is it, your ponytail dongle into yep. the thing. And that's how you open up the map. Yep. It's going to all be ponytail dongles is what it's going to be. <laughs> So that was one. Uh, obviously, you know, I always like to try and nail down the theme of E3s. You know, uh, a couple years ago, it was all samurais because we had Neo and Ghost of Shishima and everything else there, and it was all samurais. This year, the theme seems to be either vampires or creepy Russian shooters. Yeah, or, or a mixture of both. Yeah. Yeah. Atomic Hearts, Redfall, which Redfall admittedly looked cool, mm-hmm. but it's just... A cinematic trailer, so I have no idea what the game's going to look like, but conceptually, I can get behind it. Yeah, that Atomic Hearts as well has been in development for a long, long time. I know it has. Looks pretty good, though. I hope it ends up actually, you know, being good. I hope it actually ends up looking like that. Also that, too. That's another thing. It's hard to trust a lot of these things. Uh, What else was there at the show this year? Uh, Oh, uh, obviously, we have to talk about the comic-centric stuff. There's a Guardians of the Galaxy game they're doing from Square, which basically reads like a big old apology for Avengers. It does. It's been, again, it's not being made by the same people who made Avengers. That was Crystal Dynamics. This is being made by Edios Montreal, who did like the Deus Ex games and Shadow of the Tomb Mm. Raider. Which is a pretty good, you know, pedigree of games to come from. It is weird that they're like, oh yeah, it's a big single player experience where, you know, you'll play as Star-Lord. I'm like, oh, so it's a big superhero team and I can only play as one. But why Why, why well, can't I switch can around? Why is it You technically use the other characters. It's kind of like a Mass Effect thing. You can where you command can use them powers. in battle, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I feel like at some point they probably did develop it to be a whole team thing, and then they're like, oh god, this is way too much to bite off, and people didn't so much seem to love it in the Avengers game, so mm-hmm. let's reel it back. Yeah, yeah, and and the game itself, like, again, it feels like a holding pattern, because it looks, it looks really strange. Yes, and like, it comes out fairly soon, it comes, it comes out, out in October. October, yeah. Which is crazy to think. I'm like, oh, really? Because like some of this doesn't look done it, yet. It, yeah, yeah. I, I, it looks like um, things hadn't been properly rendered. Like I look at like Drax and stuff. It's like, yes, it looks like you're missing like a skin file that like gives you like the detail yeah. on the skin because he's really smooth. <laughs> yes, he looks like he's still rendering. Yeah, Gamora's armor looks very plastic. Mm-hmm. I can see what they're doing because that's like her. That was her armor. Uh, for a while in the during, comics. I think the Bendis run of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yes, I think you're right, actually. Yeah, and yeah, it looks like it's very shiny and like that plasticky look. Dan Abnett is writing, which mm-hmm. is pretty freaking cool. That means yep. there's probably going to be a good Guardian story in there. Yeah, and if you pre-order, you get his costumes from the co- from the comics, which I saw. I saw that. I'm like, oh, you cheeky motherfuckers. You know I want that, but you know I'm against I mean, pre-ordering. And, and, and that's, that's them already, like, getting one ahead of event of the uh, Avengers uh, game, because they didn't even bother doing that, like, properly yeah. in that game. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Devin in the chat is right. The game looks like it has great potential, but I'm twice burned half, sh uh, you know, twice shy on you, Square Enix, after what you did with Avengers. And I know full well, if I want to play Guardians, you're going to make me find my freaking Square Enix account information again, which I've already forgotten. <laughs> no, no, the Square Enix ID, which is different to the, your login. Because ah. things, and it's on that page that looks like it's like from X Fire from 2005. Oh, I know it looks really bad. Why? Why can't it be easy again? I did it once when I played Avengers. I did it again when I tried Final Fantasy Online. Forgot my information both times and had to jump through a ton of fucking hoops. God damn it! <laughs> oh, the chat is right too. Dan Abnett's getting a lot of video game work recently because he's uh, what is it? Writing that Dark Tide game, mm -hmm. which is kind of in the Vermintide Warhammer universe, but elsewhere it looks very fun. I definitely want to play it. Mm -hmm. There's some Black Panther stuff too, but I'm done with that Avengers game. Yeah, again, the Black Panther stuff was like, it was just a cinematic trailer, and it's like, yeah, these cinematic trailers look awesome, but like, mm -hmm. the game is, is going to be a complete mess. I do appreciate too, from a writing standpoint, hey, here's Ulysses S. Claw that kind of looks like his movie version, but with his big gun hand. Oh, look, now he's become the big red sound monster, and it looks like his original costume. That was, that was the one fun. thing that they did really well in that the, the villains and stuff in that in the story game. If it, I mean, if the if the story is as good as the actual campaign was in that yeah in that thing, it'd be it might be worth a play. But yeah. Same. And again, you know, it's like, I'm sure people in the chat are thinking, they're like, but wait, but didn't you guys, like, give Avengers credit? Yeah, we did. The story was fine, but it wasn't good enough to keep coming back the way they want us no. to keep coming back. No, they, yeah, after that story, it just, like, dried up. Like, I wish they had dumped all the on always online service stuff and actually concentrated on a story mode. Yeah, and stop putting out 15 fucking dollar skins. <sighs> yeah, that's uh, that's a rough one. Uh, what else was there? Again, it, it, it's, it's kind of been a low-key two days, hasn't it? It has been, yeah. I didn't even watch any of this live, just uh, mainly because it was at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning my time. True but, enough. Yeah, I knew that, like, we weren't going to get any huge, you know, earth-shattering announcements. Yeah, I, uh, I, I watched it. It was happening. Oh, uh, Outer Worlds 2, which, again, yeah. mostly just a trailer, but a fun trailer. I, I really enjoyed that first one. I played that playthrough it twice. Same, same. Again, I think it was one of my fa it was maybe my favorite game the year it came out. And I thought it was really funny too that we got the trailer for it at the first ever Xbox Bethesda show because Microsoft now owns Bethesda and this is their first year. And what was one of the games they showed off? Oh, The Outer Worlds, a game that literally marketed itself on flipping off and taking the piss out of Fallout under Bethesda. <laughs> I thought that was so funny that they put them together, and literally the trailers, like, yeah, we got nothing, but we're just going to rip on E3 trailers in general. Yep. Also, it feels like, well, I mean, it's going to be in development for a very long time, because it feels like it didn't come out that long ago, and it just finished its last DLC. It came out in, what, like, 2019? Yeah, it didn't come out that long ago at all, so that yeah. they're already working on a sequel. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, more uh, Outer Worlds is fine by me, and as we've seen, they can do, like, a New Vegas with it, where it's like, yeah, it's basically the same, but we changed this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And it would still be fine. I mean, heck, people, a lot of people would say that New Vegas was better than 3, so there you go. If they can New Vegas their own work. Yeah. To keep up with the Fallout uh, thing. Uh, Final Fantasy had a lot of stuff there. We mentioned the Chaos uh, what else did they have going on there at uh, Square? Again, I feel like it's already... Oh, they're they're remaking most of the, uh, what is it, Sprite Final Fantasies, apparently, like 1 to 6. Which I'm very excited about. 
Likewise, I haven't played most of those, so it'll do, be fun to actually we know for history's sake. They are, do we know what consoles they come to? Because I was just going to get them if they'll come into Switch. Uh, I don't think. I mean, it would make sense if they came to Switch. Well, I right? mean, yeah, they did like they did a remake of one of them, or it was kind of like a remaster. Uh, I remember which number one it was for the Switch, which yeah, I've only yeah. seen it on Switch. It might be on other platforms, but I mainly only saw it for Switch. True. True. I mean, that's really it. That's all that, like, I, I've watched all of these, and these are the only ones that have penetrated my mind. <laughs> yeah, they, again, wasn't really all that much to, like, talk about. Wasn't a sock-knocking-off year. And again, there's still time and everything, you know? Maybe there's some stuff tomorrow. What do we, what do we have tomorrow? We got Take-Two Interactive, the Grand Theft Auto people. Uh, yeah, uh, is tomorrow Capcom? I know Capcom's coming up. Yeah, Capcom is coming. Warner Brothers is. Did they do one today, or are they doing one tomorrow? They're doing one tomorrow, and they've got a big, big portion of it devoted to that Back for Blood game that they're really mm. trying to shill. Which looks really fun. I totally want to play that because yeah. I loved me some Left for Dead, and I love that style game. And this just looks like a better, shinier version of that. Mm-hmm. So sign me up for that one. Uh, yeah, and I think that's basically it. Again, there's no Sony, so nothing like that going on. And Nintendo basically does their own thing, because don't they always? Yeah, they've got one thing. They've got uh, a Direct coming up. And I think there's rumors that Sony's going to do something in the next two weeks of their own. Because don't they always? Yeah. Uh, Devin in the chat says GTA 6. No, I think it's still too early for GTA 6. Yeah, it'll be GTA 5, whatever PlayStation 5 version yeah, you know. the, the bun, the bundle, I'd say the bundle edition with everything. And I'm like, well, no, they actually have their stuff come out for free. There's nothing to actually bundle with it. I'm waiting for them because they did it with Red Dead. I'm waiting for them to do it. So it's like you can now play uh, GTA Online for free. Like, yeah. Separately, you don't need the game. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to do that. That's going to be an option because that seems to be the way to go. Hell, even Halo, now they're having their multiplayer completely separate from their game. Uh-huh. Oh, and EA, too. I always forget about EA because they make me sad most they of the time. They haven't really done it. I mean, they revealed that new Battlefield, which looks pretty good. Yeah. I mean, again, if you, if you like that sort of thing, I feel like so many new games that are coming out now like fit into a certain mold. Like, oh, it's a Fortnite. Oh, it's a Dark Souls. It's mm-hmm. an Overwatch. Yeah, yeah. Which game? Yeah, it's like, what? Ga- how can we make our games uh, an eSports? Yeah, what box are we going to fit this one into? Uh, again, Pie in the Sky Dreams, maybe Take-Two Interactive, finally announces Bully 2. <laughs> yeah, nah, no chance. No, there's no that, That's up there no, with a remaster of Red Dead Redemption 1. Yeah, in a perfect world, in a perfect world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, know, you know what, they could blow our minds with, hey everyone, all this time later, we're actually coming out with story DLC <laughs> for Grand Theft Auto 5. Oh, that got cancelled, I, I guarantee you that got cancelled. <laughs> It all got shifted to online, where it's like, well, we could have story DLC, we got all these cutscenes and everything, or we could put it online and make people pay money for it, or make them grind the fuck to actually get to this content, and then make them play with a bunch of hooping jack and apes online, <laughs> so they'll never actually enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, EA, again, you know, they might have something on the next Dragon Age, they might have something on the next Mass Effect, probably because the Legendary Edition just came out. Yeah, I have to imagine they'll have something like that, um... What else we got? Oh, we got, like, it wasn't really a, uh, it was just a reveal of the release date for Starfield, Bethesda's new oh, game, which yes. is going to be a PC and Xbox exclusive. Right, right. But that, that s- looks pretty good. Apparently, it's like, uh, I think Todd Howard said it's like a Han Solo simulator. 
Right. See, I see. I saw the stuff from Starfield. I'm like, I still don't get what's going on. Yeah, here, I don't really. understand. It's like, is the, this is just like Star Citizen or No Man's Sky? That's the feeling I got from him. Like, that doesn't feel very Han Solo to me. This again feels like the clean, sanitized version of space exploration. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me aliens and cantinas, please. Yeah. And I guess EA might have something Star Wars related, but I'm so used to being disappointed by them now. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Feels like the last E3s in a row, and we're working on something. Oh, we're work. Oh, we got it cooking up. We're working on something. Yeah, never show anything or a logo or something. They're they're the ultimate in like, oh shit, I didn't finish my homework before the presentation. <laughs> hey, look, you know, because remakes and remasters are all the freaking rage right now. Hey, Knights of the Old Republic one and two remaster. Well, that's been the rumor for so long. Like over the last year, I've been keeping up with. The, there's rumors of it. And it hasn't been announced yet or anything, but I have to imagine it should be soon. Yeah, I mean, I think that would get people all excited and hyped for it. Yeah. Star Wars, world of endless possibility. We don't know what we're doing, though. <laughs> or we know what we want to do, but we're so afraid people will hate it and it'll bomb and then Disney will take it away from us. Yeah. Because that seemed to be the fear after, like, a couple of real bad duds and a lot of, like, you know, uh, backlash against them. That was the thing. Mm -hmm. And I could totally see it happening. I could totally see Disney being like, get your shit in order, make sure they like the next one, or so help us God, we're taking it away from you. Well, I know that they've got the, um, like, a lot of companies can now make games, um, Star Wars games. Like, it's not just an E3 thing. Like, there's that Ubisoft one. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Um, that I was sure Which that we Massive, didn't hear anything I sure, about. I was sure that uh, Massive was making the com- the studio Massive, but they're making the Avatar game. Right, 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 right. Well, shit. Where's where's our Star Wars game, Matt? We were promised Star Wars. <laughs> we were promised Star Wars and given Avatar. <laughs> I am upset. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, that's basically all there is to say about E3 right now. Admittedly, again, it was a pretty low-key show. Not a lot happening. Yeah, oh, I think um, if I'm reading the schedule right, I think the Warner Brothers one is, like, today. Oh, is it? Yeah, I wondered if we were going to go up against it or not. I Hold on, I, let me just find out what time okay. that is. You, you do you do that all talk. See, I was worried about going up against the Warner Brothers one because God help us if they have anything for Suicide Squad or Gotham Knights or everything, but I'm pretty sure they don't. I think they came out and said, like, no, nah, that's actually not happening. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, I don't think that's happening. I think it's, like, tomorrow morning for me, so it's, it's okay. a while away, I think. Yeah. Unless they change been... this, unless this is an old uh, schedule. schedule. I don't think it is. It's four de- from yeah, four days right. ago. So. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, I would have liked it if Warner Brothers had given us some stuff to talk about. Like, what? what is that Suicide Squad game even? We don't even know. Yeah, well, uh, didn't that get pushed as well? I know Gotham Knights It did. did. It did. They both got pushed. Yeah. So we won't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, the chat's saying, yes, they are having a thing today, but it's only bad blood stuff. Yeah. Whatever. Or left for or left for bad blood. <laughs> yeah, left for dead is. bad blood, yeah. It's just, it's just left for dead people. It just is. But actually, I like that there's more characters and, like, more randomization and everything. It actually does look pretty fun. I, I do want to play it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, so I guess with that, we can actually hop in over to the comic news this week. And there was actually comic news this week, everyone. There was, yeah. 
quite a bit of it, actually. Uh, Marvel Darkhold, the new big magical event uh, that Marvel had teased before, shuffled around, is actually slated for the fall now. Yeah, where's this fit in with Dark Ages and whatever else they're doing? We don't know. They revealed two covers. There's this one right here that's on screen right now with Doctor Doom reading from the Darkhold. And another one with Scarlet Witch, which is interesting because Scarlet Witch has kind of been MIA for a little bit. Yeah, she had that uh, that tie into Empire. And uh, yes, that's about nothing. it. And then nothing. Well, it looks like they're bringing her back in a big way as part of Darkhold, as part of the magical set, I guess. In the Marvel universe, but still nothing with the X Men yet. How many? Oh, well, how many? How many mutants is she going to start triggering now that she's back? Yeah, all of them apparently. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, that's all they've been doing on Krako is teaching the mutants to hate and fear Wanda specifically as their boogie person. <laughs> how to gaslight a whole nation? That's how. Yeah. Also, as the chat is saying, yeah, Doctor Doom is busy. He's messing with the Darkhold. He's getting married. Mm-hmm. He's going to the Hellfire Gal. He's a busy guy. Yeah, he's on the Guardians at the moment. He was recently turned into oh, Rocket shit. Raccoon. Oh shit, man, busy, busy guy. A lot of <laughs> a lot of metal fingers and a lot of pies. He is. <laughs> but yeah, so there you go, everyone. Darkhold. I don't know if this is interesting me enough to check it out. Marvel in their magical universe has always been so laissez-faire. Yeah, it's yeah. You compare it to like dc's and it's just like there's oh there is no comparison they they kind no. of always half-ass it they sure do they don't in know fact, what to this, do with it yeah and this story actually ties in directly too to another story that we're going to talk about at the end of the news segment but it only highlights to me that marvel is kind of mishandling their magical stuff and don't know what to do with it but we'll get to that in a minute yeah again it might have something to do with the fact that like marvel is a bit more uh like world real, outside your real, realistic you, like you know what Finger i mean quote, yeah. yeah yeah like like whereas dc's all about capes and flying heroes and everything dc's more um marvel's more about the street level heroes and uh, drama about that magic doesn't really fit into mm. that all that well the, the the problem with magic is that once you create magic you have to explain it yeah and again, with DC, it's like, oh, chaos magic and this, that, and the other thing. In Marvel, it's like, it's lots of things, but you could be a mutant and a magician. You could be Doctor Doom and a magician. Like, magic magic is all over the place and yeah. kind and of And they often hand wave it off as like, oh, magic can happen. Anyone could do magic, but it has a price. Also, is, is it really magic or is it like science we don't understand? It feels like they keep going back and forth on it. Yeah. So that's a thing. Uh, but hey, if you're interested, there you go, everyone. Marvel Darkhold happening this fall. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, a piece of news this week I was really not expecting. Uh, I think it's like the 20th or 25th anniversary of uh, Fables from Image. Mm-hmm. And uh, to celebrate that, uh, Bill Willingham came out of his dark cave, apparently, and had many things to say. And that is, there's two new projects. Uh, there's going to be more fable stories, but there's also going to be a crossover with DC. Get ready for Bigby Wolf versus Batman, everyone. Yeah, uh, a thing that probably should have happened 20 years ago. <laughs> Tell me about A thing that should have happened during the Telltale era when they were mm-hmm. making games out of both these things. And I'm like, wow, this really feels like you're striking while the iron is ice cold. <laughs> but it's got Batman in it, so it'll work. So it'll probably say, I mean, come on, if, if Batman can move issues of the Max when he met the Max, surely he can move issues of this, too. <laughs> also, I guess it's kind of a return, too, for Bill Willingham, because Bill Willingham did a lot of DC work back in the day. So for him to come back and do this mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. 
Uh, a lot of people were quick to bring this up, too, and I would be remiss if I myself did not mention it. Hey, you mentioned this, uh, these big crossovers and everything else in June, in the early part of June, which is, of course, Pride Month. Bill Willingham is known for being an ultra-right-winger who probably doesn't like gay people very much, so it's funny to see DC with their little rainbow icon. Hey, everyone, new Bill Willingham work, everybody. (laughs) And they're like, you couldn't have waited a month? You couldn't announce this a couple days early? You had to announce it right at the beginning of June, huh? Okay. Now, in Willingham's defense, which I never thought I'd fucking say, he's been pretty quiet over the last four to five years. Hasn't really said much. (laughs) Mainly because as far as I know, he wasn't working on anything. I'm just saying, like, look, if you're excited about this now, maybe don't get too comfortable because I feel he's probably going to say or do something to piss it all away soon enough. Take one thing and set him off. Yeah, that's that's the problem. See, now that he's promoting this, it means people need to talk to him and do yeah, interviews. interviews. Yeah, people on on, on I, I don't know if he has social media. Probably doesn't. But like, he does actually. Oh, he does have a Twitter. People will uh, uh, talk to him on there, and in yeah. the way that Twitter people talk to, which is act like garbage yep. people. Yep, absolutely. So it's only a matter of time. Also, hey, Fables is pretty cool and everything. I liked the series, even if every so often he'd be like, you know, he'd stop the whole book to be like, now let me tell you how I feel about abortion and gun control. I'd be like, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, whoops, sorry about that. J- j- time to tell you more stories about the big bad wolf. doop do doop do do And that's why the Telltale Fable game is actually the best thing about Fables, because they did it without him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now now also too his his like co-artist by all accounts i hear is actually a pretty cool nice dude and everything so nothing against his co-creator on this one whose name escapes me at the moment are, are they coming back for these series i don't know it would be yeah. nice if they did though right yeah yeah and also, too, if people think I'm beating up on Willingham just for his po- uh, his politics, don't worry. Apparently, he's an asshole just on the regular anyway. <laughs> I heard stories from people who worked in Austin back in the day. Apparently, he would, like, throw parties and invite people just so he could kick them out later and make, like, a big show of it. Oh, what the fuck? So, apparently, he just sucks as a human being on every level. But is a pretty good writer sometimes, so there you go. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's that news for you, everyone. Uh, moving on, we got a brand new Deathstroke book that is going to be hitting DC pretty soon. And this one's written by Joshua Williamson. Holy shit, yeah. Joshua Williamson's getting around. He is getting around. He's in charge of fucking everything at DC at the moment. <laughs> this You could call this the DC Infinite Frontier era, but really it's the Williamson era because it feels <laughs> like they've just put him in charge of everything. Like, hey, Williamson, you're the new Jeff Johns. And, and that, well, that's the thing. Like, He seems to just spin gold from everything he's doing. He really does. Like the he wrote Flash longer than anyone else in the DC Rebirth era. He actually got to stick around for over a hundred issues of his book, mm-hmm. which is pretty stunning. Uh, he's making people actually interested in reading a Damian Wayne Robin book, and now he's seeing if he can make that magic work for Deathstroke too. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the art here is kind of like a seventies exploitation movie, and everything. It looks like Shaft. Yeah, it looks like some Jim Steranko art. Very Oh, yeah, good pull. It looks very much like that, which makes a lot of sense because, you know, that's the era where Deathstroke was probably at his most popular. You got to wonder, too, will this Deathstroke book uh, link up at all with what we're seeing? Uh, thank you, Mary Beth Wiley. Appreciate it. Uh, you got to wonder, will this book uh, link up with what we're seeing in the Damien book right now? 
with Ravager Deathstroke's daughter and that new junior Deathstroke who calls himself Respawn. Uh, well, being that it's Williamson, I have to feel that it will, and I have to feel as well it probably might also tie into like the future state stuff. Yeah, true enough. Because remember, we had like we obviously had uh, uh, Rose Wilson in that with with Jason Todd, and she mentioned Paradise Island and everything, and that uh, Slade was running uh, outside yeah, Gotham yeah. and everything. So yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. It's interesting, too, to get a Deathstroke book now when I think, like, actually DC Comics probably did, like, the biggest takedown deconstruction of him in other history of the DC universe when Ridley's like, it's fucked up that you all love this guy so much and hold him up as such a cool badass when he is still canonically a pedophile. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is interesting. So I wonder how Williamson is going to attack that, if at all. I wonder if they're going to give him the Joker treatment and be like, okay, look, Deathstroke is on the book, but it's really about someone else in, like, the uh, pull of Deathstroke. I could see that happening, yeah. Because, like, obviously, uh, what is it, the last one we got, uh, the last solo series, was actually really goddamn good and probably the best villainous protagonist story because the writer really did not try and sympathize Deathstroke at all. In fact, went out of their way to show him as a truly repugnant piece of shit. Oh, yeah, Christopher Priest made made it very, very clear that this guy was a villain. This is a bad guy, and even when, like, he got his, like, morality changed around and he tried to be a good guy for a little bit, Mm -hmm. with, uh, what was it, like, Team Requiem or, like, Team something? Yeah, something like that. Even then, he's like, oh, I'm trying to be good, but it physically makes me ill to be good. I just want to hurt people. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, what an interesting take of a villain trying so hard to fight against their very nature. It's pretty great. It was pretty great. Yeah, it was solid stuff. <laughs> Devin the Great brings up uh, Knights and Dragons. Uh, what is it, the animated movie? Yes, that movie went out of its way really to try and soften Deathstroke as much as they could. Where it's like, no, 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 he was, you know, he's he's still a good guy. You know, he's, you know, he's kind of a shitty father and everything like that. So I thought, yeah, that was that was an interesting. If you've never seen Knights and Dragons, everyone, it's probably the closest attempt anyone has ever tried to do to make like a more morally upstanding Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. So that's something. <laughs> So yeah, that book's called Deathstroke Inc., and uh, that's coming fairly soon. Yeah, again, it was like a slew of titles they announced uh, that are all coming very soon. Yeah, in fact, I think Deathstroke, much like Darkhold, had actually been put on hold like it was supposed to come out, but probably COVID slowed it down. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're getting that one. Uh, on the topic of Titan-centric and Titan-affiliated characters than I was, Aqualad Calderam, or Jackson Hyde, as he is also known, is going to be getting a mini-series this fall, and we got to see the artwork from it, and it looks pretty slick. It does look slick. This is another instance, too, of, like, man, DC, you really, again, no nautical pun intended— you missed the boat on Jackson. He was he was at the top of his game during like those first two seasons of Young Justice when everyone was in love with this character and wanted to see more from this character. You could you could have done so much, but you waited. You waited too long. But it's cool to see him finally get his flowers now. I mean, I, he's the only Aquaman or like Aqua Lad to get a miniseries. I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So good on him for being the first and also too i i didn't get to read the whole book because it's long and i wanted to give it you know the uh respect and time it deserves but apparently he had well no not apparently i know he has a big story in the dc pride book that came out this week oh nice yeah he has like like he fights eclipso at the gay pride parade that's awesome 
And Eclipse is like, ha ha ha, no one will stop me here. And Jackson's like, uh, I'm here, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I didn't think statistically some heroes would also be gay. Shit. <laughs> Foiled again, Eclipso was. <laughs> but yeah, this is cool. It's a nice looking book. So yeah, you know, if you're a fan of, uh, what is it, Aquaman or Jackson, this is definitely a time to check it out. Does Aquaman have a book right now? Nope. No, I guess he doesn't. Yeah, him and Green Arrow don't have books. So, hey, this is the only Aqua love you're going to get. Yeah, uh, Aquaman's only in uh, Justice League at the moment. True. Uh, someone in the chat says their son is named Calder. Really? It's a good name. <laughs> it's a good name. Good, solid name. Yeah, I like it. And you know he's not going to run into anyone else with that name, too, which is also nice. Absolutely, yeah. Where's the original Aqualad, Garth? No one seems to care. Yeah, no one gives a shit about him. He's he's in the ocean somewhere. <laughs> Everyone knows Somewhere this one because ocean. of Young Justice, so they're going to use this one. There you go. And also, you know, some good representation where it's like, hey, here's an out gay character that actually gets their own mini. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. Uh, what else do we got going on here? Oh, uh, some image-related news, which I was not thinking we'd be talking about, but uh, Spawn, Sam, and Twitch are apparently being developed right now for their own TV show, and this is kind of interesting because, uh, what is it, the the Mayor of Easton, that new, like, Kate Winslet murder mystery show that everyone's raving about but I haven't actually seen yet? Yeah. Have you seen it? I haven't. No, I've been meaning to watch it. Same. I, in fact, I would pro- I'm probably going to start it after this when I go to bed tonight. But uh, yeah, so the guy who show run that show is show running this now, <laughs> which makes me think like, man, this guy blew up, you know, with this show. Everyone loved it. And they're like, OK, what do you want to do? What do you what do you want to throw your new Hollywood muscle behind? It's like Sam and Twitch. <laughs> and Hollywood was like, OK, sure, man, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, you know, a Sam and Twitch show makes a lot of sense because if you listen to Todd McFarlane uh, back in, like, 2008 when he made his big declaration of, you know, there'll be another Spawn movie even if he has to direct it himself, he basically said that movie would be told from the point of view of Sam and Twitch. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense, of course. You know, the problem with this show is the problem of a lot of times when they adapt, you know, uh, fun cop characters or fun side characters that are, like, you know... Uh, related tangentially to the heroes are the people who are going to be watching this show being like, when's Spawn going to get here? When are we going to get to the Spawn factory? Yes, yes, of course, of course. Or do you think that, you know, Sam and Twitch, because not many people know they're an image comic, do you think people are just going to watch their adventures and enjoy it and then be like, holy shit, a Spawn showed up? I, I, oh, I could see that, yeah. If they, it depends on how they uh, decide to do it. Like, are they just going to do it as like a, a straight cop show? And it's like, oh, then, like, the end of the episode, Spawn shows up. (laughs) Or something, yeah. Like, again, like, how's this show going to work? Are they, like, working Crime Alley there? Or I guess the Rat's Nest or whatever the hell they call it in that show. I know it had a funny name. Yeah, yeah. Everyone needs to be thinking when he's not on screen, where is Spawn? Where is Spawn? Is that how they're going to work it? (laughs) Is, like, like Jason Wynn and his corporation, are they going to be, like, part of the show? I mean, I'm sure they could be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Are we going to see other Spawn villains like Billy Kincaid? Is he going to be like the season one villain? Because, again, he was in the HBO show and is just like a regular serial killer. Again, because of like what the guy was doing um, with the the mayor of Easttown um, show, I don't think it will be the same. But I like just hearing about it, it sounds a lot like Gotham, 
where it's like very much it's so. like we have rights for these characters but we mm. don't have rights for these characters yeah. so we could we could th- this is our joker he doesn't really look like joker but it's joker because mm. we called him joker yeah really also too they said that you know it's being developed Mm -hmm. they didn't say for what network or what app Mm -hmm. because let's face it everything goes to an app now so i'm like yeah where where would the image affiliated stuff end up would it end up on netflix would it end up on hbo max where does it go probably not netflix probably not Uh, maybe again it depends on who mcfarlane has deals with I mean, I guess Image is pretty good right now with Amazon, mm-hmm. what with Invincible and everything. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see if it goes to uh, Amazon, I definitely would be interested in this. I guess we'll see because, I mean, as we've seen with the boys and everything else, Amazon is not afraid to just throw a shit ton of money yeah. at everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're Amazon. We have all the money in the world. Here you go. <laughs> Do whatever. We don't care. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so there's Sam and Twitch for everyone. It's an interesting time to be a Spawn fan between this and the new Spawn universe books, the Spawniverse that's starting up. Yep. You know, was, again, you know, your, your cup runneth over for the first time ever, maybe. <laughs> the first time since 1995. Yeah, really. Also, if you need, you know, someone to play young Sam who is also chubby, white, and surly and can slick their hair back, <laughs> I am more than okay playing young Sam. <laughs> Look, for a flashback, just throw me in a trench coat, give me a smoke, I'm good, I can play young Sam. <laughs> be funny, people watch this show and be like, man, this Harvey Bullock is weird. <laughs> but when does Batman show up? Man, that, yeah, man, that Batman Harvey... looks weird. <laughs> yeah, man, so they kept uh, Jim Gordon's glasses, but since when is he blonde and have all this wild hair? <laughs> hey, did they just do Gotham again? <laughs> no, they didn't do Gotham. <laughs> Also, the chat keeps mentioning He-Man. I think you guys greatly overestimate how much Matt and I care about He-Man. Yeah, yeah that show looks good, but yeah, yeah. It, it looks fine. I'm glad you're happy. Also, man, the Bonnie Tyler estate must be making fucking bank this week between the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer and the He-Man trailer. Everyone's doing holding out for a hero. <laughs> Which, man, I love Shrek 2 used holding out for a hero for its big, like, action set piece, ironically and tongue-in-cheekly, because, like, no one would use this song seriously. Now, flash forward to 2021, everyone's like, nope, song slaps earnestly. <laughs> it is cool. What are you talking about? In fact, let's also do Total Eclipse of the Heart again. <laughs> that's That's trailer 2. Ah, there you go. Again, you gotta give Deadpool credit for it, too, for its use of Earth Angel as well. <laughs> Where it's like, no, no, I see cheesy 80 powers, uh, you know, like power ballads, pop ballads can actually be super awesome in a certain context. <laughs> oh, really? Did Detective Pikachu use it too? Am I forget? Was it in a trailer or was it actually in the movie? I think it did use it. I, I can't really remember it though. If so, that's actually pretty fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> I love all these years later, Bonnie Tyler is getting her roses and I, being like, nah, you wrote a jam I, I like for all time. She doesn't like. Re- like know what it's being used as because like someone else deals with the licensing so but she gets oh, like these course. checks like what the fuck is going on this week <laughs> yeah what is what is a guardians of the galaxy <laughs> what is a he-man <laughs> is she still alive bonnie tyler let me look in that right now <laughs> yeah it says here she's actually still alive right now good for she's 70 years old Jeez. but she's still alive <laughs> good good for her also she's welsh i didn't know that okay yeah good for her 
Well, there you go, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the fuck is a Pikachu? Exactly. <laughs> Why is it a detective? I don't know. <laughs> I just know they gave me a lot of money. <laughs> uh, and our last news story this week actually ties in very much to that Darkhold story, and that is this September, Matt. Get, get ready, get your best black suit on, get your eulogy ready, because it's a funeral for a friend. We're killing Doctor Strange. I, again? I feel it. Again, has, he I know, again? Right. has he died before? I'm fairly certain he has. I, I'm sure. I mean, most characters do die, but no, it's the actual, the death of Doctor Strange. We're killing him because, again, much like as I said with Darkhold, we don't know what the fuck to do with our magical universe, not the least of which of our most prominent magical character who has a movie and everything. Also, what's the point of killing him if you're just going to bring him back by the time his new movie comes out? Again, to just upsell briefly uh, for when the movie Clearly. comes out. We're going to kill him now, and then by the time Multiverse of Madness... Oh, the return of Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yep. Again, I haven't been invested in Doctor Strange in the longest time. This really does nothing for me, good or ill, but there you go, everyone. Yeah, they, Death Cell and Return Cell. They don't know what to do with the character. Every run he's had... Like, the the, the most recent one I read, the Mark Wade run, was pretty good. But, like, again, it was like every run, they just don't really know what to do with him. Even Jason Aaron didn't know what to do with him. People like that one, but yeah, it couldn't keep my attention. Yeah. Dog in the chat saying there, people don't, don't just drop dead at 70. Joel, are they doing the music industry because they've been doing coke for years? That's why. They've been belting their hearts out on stage until their organs explode. That's why. It's actually very rare to find a musician who lived past 70. <laughs> Of course, then again, you got your Ozzy Osbournes and your Keith Richards, where it's like, how the fuck are you still alive? Deals with Mephisto. Very much so. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so Doctor Strange is dying. I think Jed McKay is writing this one, who apparently he's writing that really well-received Black Cat book, and he's going to be writing Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's got something for this. Yeah, maybe this will turn into like a Charles Soule writing The Death of Wolverine where it actually ends up being like a celebration of the character's life and actually ends up being a good death. Yeah. And of course, when they bring him back to maybe they'll have someone new to try and, you know, uh, take the reins. I was going to say Donny Cates should run. They're like, oh, fuck, he did actually. Yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> and even he didn't he know did what actually. to really do with him. Wow. Why is it so hard to write? Well, it's hard to write Doctor Strange because Marvel doesn't know what they're doing with their magical universe. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, magic's always changing. Mark Wade took him into space mm-hmm. to try and study the roots of magic. I, I, I just got nothing for Doctor Strange. I really, I really got nothing for yeah. him. I'd make him a paranormal detective, but then he's just being poor man's. And again, I think that's that been point. done. It has. It's been done to death. It's been done several times. They made him a doctor again. They gave him the use of his hands, and even that didn't do mm-hmm. shit. What the hell do you do with a magical character? He opened a school. That's it. They just straight up ripped off Harry Potter, and that was still nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this guy so hard to write? <laughs> it's the damnedest. I mean, I guess you could go all multiversal with it like they're clearly going to be doing in the next Maybe movie. Maybe that might be what they do. He becomes like the Sorcerer Supreme of the multiverse or something. Ooh, see, that's actually pretty fun. And then you just do exile stories, but with Doctor Strange. Yeah. It's like Sliders, you know, every time he goes to a different universe. Yeah. Yeah, someone said we need a Hickman for Marvel's magic stuff. Yeah, you're right. If he could do it for the Avengers, if he could do it for mutants, just give him magic and let him do whatever the fuck he yeah, wants. Hell, he might even do that with Wanda and everything he's doing there. 
Yeah. Also, hey, what does this mean uh, for that Defenders book that's coming out? Because we got a new Defenders book, and Doctor Strange is like a founding defender and clearly on the team. Are they going to kill him and take him off that team when that book starts? He's on the and that's it. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a kick in the balls is what that is. <laughs> Someone in the chat actually reminded me Sal had a pitch where that is like, give him a daughter, give him a long-lost daughter, and then just make him a uh, freaking, what is it, the Doctor Strange stand-in for Venture <laughs> Brothers. Yeah. Just make him Dr. Orpheus. Yeah, yeah. Um, By the holy house of Hoggeth, you're not going out like that, young lady. We, we uh, Tevia, we can't possibly have Jack Kirby on Doctor Strange because Jack Kirby's been famously dead for about 30 years. Really? So uh, who, who, if he's been dead, then who have I been, uh, what is it, sending checks to all these years? Damn, really dead? Yes, it says here he's been dead for a very long time, actually. <laughs> For many, many years, over a decade. <laughs> yeah, maybe Zadarsky can take a crack at Strange. Maybe he's got something going on with him. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's basically all the news from this week, everyone. So uh, some fairly interesting uh, developments happening across uh, across the sphere of both comics and movies and everything yeah, else. Yeah, again, again, though, as we said at the top of the show, it feels like a bit of a holding year. It is, because no one had a chance to really do anything that much new or exciting. It's just trying to get us over the hump until things get back to normal. And in the States, I guess it is. More and more people are getting vaccinated. Yeah. How, how are you doing in that regard, Matt? I know I talk about my uh, troubles um, all the time. Uh, we're doing all right like, in terms of like uh, cases and stuff. Like we're, we're, We can do whatever we want, basically. Um, but uh, in terms of vaccination, I think I'm probably due, I'm probably, due, probably around August... Yeah, because when we talked about this last time, both of our nations were on similar tracks, and we yeah. both thought we'd have to wait till summer. August, September time, around there. I imagine I'll probably be getting my jab. Uh, my, my nation's fucked up, because I know people who are, like, younger than me and have somehow managed to luck their way into getting two if they live in a hot spot. Uh, Jim Zub, friend of the show, uh, comic writer, I think him and his wife are all vaxxed up now because they live, like, in the Toronto hot zone, so they were able to get nice. it. So good for them. Uh, my mom was in a lucky position, too. She uh, she was just walking by a doctor's office, and they gave her some AstraZeneca fairly <laughs> early on. And I know, right? I'm like, only you, mom, you have that fucked up one. Alley, like, hey, you got that, got that AstraZeneca. That, l- l- literally, that's what it was. It's like, hey, someone didn't show up. Do you want some? <laughs> literally, that's what it was. And I'm like, mom, are you just taking jabs from people in alleys again? <laughs> again? <laughs> Again, but no, it seemed to work. And then, then the Canadian government got all weird about it, and they're like, oh, well, you know, blood clots might be a problem. Maybe we should take it away. And then, like, all the people who got their first one was like, no, you can't take it away. Are you going to make us mix and match on this? Like, well, give it some time. And now they're like, okay, we'll put it out, but only for this limited time to try and get everyone who got their first of AstraZeneca to get a second yeah, one. Yeah, I know that, like, I know there are people around my age and younger who have had it, but mainly because they, like, um, what they've been doing is they've just been showing up at, like, uh, the vac centers yeah. and just, like, waiting just mm-hmm. to see if there's any left, no left over at the end of the day. And they'll just get it. They've had to stop like tell people you can't do that you, you, we can't have you doing that <laughs> yeah uh yeah dark in the chat reminding us there that he got his second shot in camp but he works with high-risk people anyway so yeah that's how it's kind of doing i i don't work with high-risk people i work with myself and i'm only a danger to myself <laughs> as everyone has often told me joel you're a danger to yourself <laughs> 
Oh, Snowden from Quebec saying they don't have Astra in Quebec anymore, and he got his first dose of Pfizer. Nice. Yeah, I, I also got uh, my Pfizer there, and I felt fine. Apparently, it's the second Pfizer that hits Yeah, I'm you. probably going to be going with Pfizer as well. I don't want any of those pesky blood clots. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, you know, if anyone got it, my mom would. She was lucky. She was just really sick and delirious there for like 24 hours. Yeah, right. I brought her some burritos. Like, hey, mom, this is, you know, from that burrito place you like. She's like, what? No, this is my first time having it. No, you had it before <laughs> when you had your vax. I brought you some. And she's like, oh, I don't remember that. I'm like, yeah, you were pretty out of it, actually. <laughs> she's like, oh, I guess I get to try it for the first time a second time. I'm like, oh, well, silver lining. <laughs> so there you go. I don't think memory loss is a side effect, but there it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Do we want to talk about what we read this week? I actually got most of my books read this week for a change, which is nice. Yeah, well, before we do that, why don't we talk about Loki? Oh, yeah, that's right. Loki dropped this week. Weirdly, in the middle of the week, I feel like some people missed it because it's not on Friday. We've been trained yeah. to know new Marvel shows are on yeah, Friday. Yeah, they did like a big push before it came out saying, it's like, no, it's going to be the Marvel. This new Marvel show is going to be on Wednesday. So they can, because they can still be on run Wednesday bad, every so day they can going still forward. Run bad Batch. Yeah, yeah, I guess they didn't want to, like, I don't know, cross-contaminate, not that I think that's a problem. No, no. well, I think it might might just be, like, because there is a crossover in fans there, they'll be like, which show do we watch first? Yeah, I know, yeah. right? Yeah, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't know what I was expecting for this show going in, but I think it met, and in many cases, uh, exceeded a lot of the expectations I had for it, with probably some of the best hand-wavy comic booky explanations for cosmic stuff. The one stuff. thing that really stuck to me is I really enjoyed this episode, by the way, but, like, all the reviews I saw in, like, the day before, they were like, eh, because the, they saw two episodes, and they're like, eh, the, yes, the, the know, first right. episode's kind of, like, not very good, and I'm like, what show did you watch? Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. But then again, I feel like it's made for a very certain obsessive type of fan, which you and I mm -hmm. are, and that is like, okay, here's comic booky answers to justify the existence of this series. We're not just going to jump into true, it. True, true. Which I very much like. Like, again, it's very utilitarian in that first 15 minutes. They set up, here's the TVA, here's the, uh, what is it, the Timekeepers, here's Owen Wilson's character. And they basically just go running from yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It, everything uh, sort of was set up right. It's great. It also ha ha helps that you don't have to... Uh, introduce Loki. Yeah, that uh, that is good. I, I do love, too, because it's like, you know, one of my big fears going into this show was like, oh, so this is 2012 Loki, you know, who obviously didn't get all the yep. development that the other Loki had, so he's basically a completely different character mm -hmm. now, and it's like, how are they going to get around this? That's the point of the first episode. They literally sit him down and show him clips yeah. from all the other Marvel movies to get him, yeah, up, to get speed. him up to speed. They get him up to speed, and he kind of comes to the same realization as that previous loki but in a different way yes very much so there's a lot of there's a lot in this series about self-determination which i've always liked and that we always see in time travel stories and that is like you know hey if there is a sacred timeline if things are meant to happen if things are set mm -hmm. in stone do any of us have any free will well i'm the god of mischief you know i create trouble and that really affects me deeply to know that all this mischief that i've devoted my life to actually meant nothing in the grander scheme of yeah things. yeah it's 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 fantastic yeah all the stuff that he he's he's bet his entire life around is just meaningless 
Yeah, there's something, and Hiddleston sells the shit out of that in his performance, the bit I love, where he's like, ooh, I've stolen a cosmic cube, and oh, they've got all these other Infinity Stones here. What do you mean they're useless here? What do you mean they're paper? I've spent my whole <laughs> life after this type of power. Oh, and it all means nothing. I am an insect to you. Yeah, Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's really it's really cool how they do that. Uh, Owen Wilson makes for a really interesting foil to Loki because, you know, he just he just doesn't get rattled by anything he says. No, or yeah, does. he calls him a great big pussycat. <laughs> yeah, really, man. Just doesn't get rattled by nothing. You know, vouches for him because, as we eventually discover, someone is killing time agents, and uh, that person is a Loki variant that only Loki can help. So we're doing, uh, what is it, a little Hannibal and Clarice thing going on? Only a killer can catch. Yeah, a killer. I, I, I like that. I, Owen Wilson is like some sort of like time detective, and he's like investigating yes. time crimes and whatnot. I think that's pretty cool. It's again. This show matches up like some of the best parts of like Doctor Who and The Good Place, and the the aesthetic I really dig is that it's like this weird like like, like technology is super advanced, but also didn't advance past the sixties. Yeah, it's like yeah, a sixties spy movie sort of stuff. Stuff you see in like Control and stuff like that. Yes, yeah. very much so. Yeah, it's like a it's like a weird like Soviet filing office. Like it's all very drab, it but there's great. like a super advanced. It city. looks fantastic. It really looks good. Yeah, they put a lot of thought into it. <laughs> Freaking Tara Strong is the voice of Miss Minutes, the little <laughs> cartoon that tells you stuff. <laughs> Apparently, she keeps recurring. Apparently, she's actually a big part of the show. Oh, excellent. Forward. I imagine there's probably a couple of things you need to explain. Because, like, yeah, in the first episode, she explains basically the secret wars. Yes. Which apparently happened. Pretty much. Which is crazy. Again, it's such a huge, big Marvel thing where it's like, yeah, there used to be a bunch of timelines fighting for each other. And then, you know, the timekeepers came and condensed it down into one sacred timeline. That's why the Avengers didn't get in trouble for monkeying around in time like they did. Because, oh, yeah, that was supposed to happen. that That was meant to happen. That was meant to happen, which I love. Also, too, as the chat mentions, uh, the judge in this scene, that's Red Slayer or something, basically. Yeah, yeah, Renslayer. Basically, one of Kang the Conqueror's love interests. Yeah, so, yeah, I imagine that's going to be coming up soon. I imagine that that he he has to be in the show because they cast the actor, uh, Jonathan Majors, like, long before uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp started uh, production on their third, third film, which he was meant to be the villain of. So I have to imagine he's in here. And yeah, they're going hard on time. I actually read one theory that I don't think they'll do this, but it's a very interesting theory all the same, where it's like, oh, there's three timekeepers. What if each one of these timekeepers was Kang from a different like <laughs> cinematic universe? Like, this is Kang from the Marvel universe, from the Sony universe, from the Fox <laughs> universe. And this is how they explain all those other X-Men films and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Netflix shows and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. It's like, nope, other variant timelines. It's funny you brought up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because they basically in this say, it's like, yeah, that's that's not canon anymore. They're like, yeah, 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 Coulson died. (laughs) And he he didn't come back. Coulson died. Yeah, I was going to say, but like, didn't he die at the end? I didn't watch the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I don't actually know. (laughs) He did. Colson died, and then his his body, his mind, and stuff got put into an LMD. Right. Yeah. So he technically did die, but like again, like that would be something Owen Wilson would say. It's like, oh, you killed him, but he, he's still alive somewhere. 
true enough. And the fact that like he never met up with anyone ever yeah. again. I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. like I enjoyed Agents of Shield, but I'm not gonna weep tears. I, I would have kind of like if they'd had had it planned out like in the like the final episode, the TVA comes in to scrub the timeline and just like kills everyone. <laughs> That would be interesting, like straight up Deadpool to it, where it's like, okay, we got to go back and fix some yeah. shit. I'd be okay, but then again, it's like, well, but the Andrew Garfield movie gets to stay, and the Tobey Maguire yeah. movie gets to stay in the multiverse somewhere. It's it's fucked up. Again, I would very much like, uh, again, if you could get like the Netflix people to come in and be like, look, okay, here's Luke Cage, everyone, he exists, but in another universe. Well, maybe, uh, maybe that's where the show's going because I have a feeling that like Loki's uh, by the end of the show, Loki's gonna. He's going to cause some mischief and end up with, like, multiple right. multiverses again. That's that's also absolutely something that could happen. Loki could just tear it all down. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that's what I he's like going to, to the do bit. as well. I mean, that's very mischievous. I, uh, I dig, too, the kid being like, oh, it's the devil. And everyone, myself included, jumped to the conclusion, like, oh, is that, like, it's an Mephisto. actual real Mephisto reference? <laughs> It's, it's Mephisto, but the way they explain it is great, where it's like, no, it's Loki. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, because Loki's helmet that has would horns look, on for it. For someone in the 16th century, that would look like the devil. I'm like, okay, you know, you did it. You did it. That actually makes a fuck ton yeah. of sense. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. So that's Loki, episode one. Pretty, Pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the second one, because, again, the reviewers said that second episode is so good. I love that all these Marvel shows continue to be so different. Mm, yeah. So and, and different is, from each this other. And well, this is the first one that actually feels like a proper TV show. The other yeah, like yeah. Like, like mini events True. sort of thing. Yeah, like movies that are stretched yeah. out like this. Yeah, you're right. It has a very procedural vibe mm-hmm. to it. And yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe every episode is just them dealing with a different time crime. Yeah, well, I do know one of the time crimes is something to do with Pompeii. And, like, Loki sets off Ooh. Mount Vesuvius. <laughs> so we're doing a little Legends of Tomorrow, too, <laughs> while we're at it. Man, you gotta imagine those characters are pissed out. It's like, yeah, we did the time crime stuff first. <laughs> yeah, but you're not Tom Hiddleston, unfortunately. <laughs> Legends is still really good, everyone. They built a whole episode around the freaking Buzzcocks, and then they built another episode around Aleister Crowley and Disney animation. Yeah. That show actually only gets better the longer it, it goes does. on. It really does. Yeah, for real. Chat saying Law & Order TV. Yeah, I'd watch yeah, that. that'd be pretty good, as long as Owen Wilson's where, in it. Yeah, where, where do Benson and Stabler exist in the variant timelines? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh all right do we want to talk about what we read this yeah. week all right uh where do you want to start matt because again big big uh, week. let's start with heroes reborn issue six yes the penultimate issue to this we get one more issue and then the heroes return that actually finishes it off which i'm sure will be an extra length yeah issue. and this issue was probably the most tied into the actual alternate reality plot than the other issues because mm, we very. had uh power princess fighting thor Yes, absolutely. Uh, Power Princess, who, much like Nighthawk and Dr. Spectrum, is a horrible human being. <laughs> Very, uh, horrible, horrible. <laughs> horrible human being, killed all the other Utopians, keeps heroes like Hercules and everything as statues on her front lawn while she lives in the Statue of yep. Liberty. <laughs> Not only is she bad to other people, but apparently she's bad even to her teammates, where it's like, yeah, I'm stupid Nighthawk and Hyperion, and sometimes I make them fight civil wars over me, because I think yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I'll make them fight that second civil war, because I'm bored. 
Yeah, I'll just do it because of that. Uh, I like what they do with Namor, who in this universe is like her Steve Trevor, who gets her from like her crazy island, and they fight Nazis in the World War II. I thought that was That's a pretty fun cool. Yeah, bit. especially because like Aquaman and Wonder Woman in the Flashpoint universe get together. So I'm like, oh, so it's like a double. Yeah, reference. And she, she has like a uh, a uh, an evil mirror, uh, like um, uh, Snow White. Severus, the 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 the, yes. the witch in that, yeah, she's got like, and even even us, who's the like fiercest of them all? <laughs> is it me? Yeah, uh, that is of course until Thor's magic thunder starts fucking with everything, and people start coming back like Hercules. That's that's a great panel too, where she's rechaining Hercules. I'm like, oh, it's like a take on the famous image of DC Hercules chaining up Hippolyta. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's fun. Jason Aaron did his homework. I feel like Jason Aaron had the most fun with this one because he's referencing Thor shit and he wrote I, Thor again, for yeah, over again, a decade. I think in my view, it's like a continuation of all his Thor stuff because it's so heavily uh, ingrained into all the stuff he did. Because we get stuff like, like, because uh, she's filling in the Thor role in this universe, so she ended up fighting mm-hmm. Gore and his God Bomb and ended up taking the Necro Sword for herself and using it to kill Gore. Uh, and uh what else there, there was the the other the other two uh zardas one from the future and one from the past yeah, one had yeah. The, 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 the the metal arm and everything it was kind of looked like yes. the kingdom come uh wonder woman as well very and the younger version which she's still just wearing a toga that's that's a great backup too because we just see drunk defeated thor just drinking the eons away while zarda literally lives his life and is there for all the most important moments which are stuff that jason aaron wrote (laughs) that was a nice touch and uh yeah, it's, it's great because Zarda's like trying to kill Thor and, you know, he's still drunk and stupid and doesn't know what's going on. And she's like, why does it feel like something is protecting you every time I try and punch you? And that's because the hammer, which is alive, which Aaron created, is still protecting him. <laughs> yeah, the hammer him. knows something's up. <laughs> and when Thor actually becomes the god of thunder in this, it's his old costume, not his new movie yeah, costume. Yeah it's, yeah, it's not his uh, Galactus costume. Which, again, I think is very interesting because it's like, well, yeah, time would be different. They would be in their original costumes. Yeah, I have to imagine as well when we get back in Heroes Return, they'll all be in, like, their original costumes. Yeah, where it's like we can't change it up or anything. But, uh, yeah, it was fun. And, like, Power Princess literally takes this information back to the squadron. She's like, uh, I don't know what Avengers are, but uh, they're kind of out yeah, to get yeah. us. <laughs> we better We better be ready. <laughs> Which I guess is what the next issue is going to be, and Heroes Return yeah. is going to be. But yeah, so it was pretty it was, solid, it was pretty damn good. Yeah, pretty fun, pretty fun. Lots of lots of fun references in yeah. that one. Uh, what else was this week that you wanted to talk uh, about, Justice Matt? Justice League Last Ride. Burn- oh yeah, shit, that was this yeah. week too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chip Zdarsky's ongoing story the big mystery of why the league broke up and we get a lot of insight into that yeah and it's it basically boils down to dark side deciding yeah i'm gonna rule the universe yeah i'm gonna use my boom two technology to plant bombs all over the world and i'm like that's actually a great idea why didn't you start with that (laughs) i like as well that chip zadarsky remembers that every now and then the guardians are really cocky motherfuckers (laughs) <laughs> yeah they are yeah, how was i like i like i love that he's he makes how the one being like did you never think that that dark side would do this and be like ah, oh, we 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 kept him at like at arm's length because he kept the core strong we had a treaty and, and everything and we never thought he would do this i'm like he's a bad guy of course he would it's classic <laughs> classic guardians uh thought logic we, oh yeah 
Oh, 100%. We had a treaty with Apocalypse. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you had a treaty, right? And he's going to bury yeah, you in yeah. it. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, it's okay how we sent the other Guardians to the other parts of the universe to restart the core if we need to. And then, like, a dark side comes through the freaking portal. It's like, nope, killed them all. <laughs> Damn. It's interesting, too, that, uh, what is it, Hal was in his regular costume there, but has his crazy armor in yeah, the future. Yeah. In fact, Hal in general, again, I know I might have called it a little early, but I think Hal is actually the secret villain of this story. Because he's kind of dressed like, I, a, like a parallax sort of look. Yeah, It's because it's because he's dressed like a parallax and also another thing, too, that stuck out to me. All the other heroes, you know, uh, th their big thing is that, you know, they're all still kind of tense and fighting with each other and they try and stop a ship from, like, flying uh, into a black mm -hmm. hole, and they're, like, all straining and doing everything they can. Hal shows up and just easily fixes it, and I'm like, oh, everyone else is weaker and older and everything, but Hal is as strong as ever, maybe even yeah, stronger. He's in League, league with, with Dark Side, and he got, like, the power battery. Or something like that. There's clearly something we're not seeing, but it's like, yeah, how come Hal is, like, older but stronger? That'd be pretty cool. Oh, and as well, as well, there was that, because we got the, 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 like, sort of flashback to, like, martian manhunter and batman on apocalypse that something was coming for them as well we never saw what it was yes absolutely so again there's still a lot of mystery to be revealed but uh, yeah they're they're building an interesting tapestry they're building an interesting yeah. story yeah zadarsky zadarsky does mm -hmm. good work i like uh, i like where this absolutely. is going yeah. Well, also, too, another part of the mystery, too, is that, you know, after they save that ship, uh, John and Superman have a talk, and John's like, oh, you did the right thing, Superman. And obviously, it's supposed to have a double meaning. Like, yeah, you did the right thing here and now, but also, you did that, the right thing before, that, whatever that what thing was. That's what I really was. liked about that as well. It's like, yeah, like, uh, Superman, because Superman blames himself for, like, uh, Martian Manhunter's death and kind of blames Batman as well. Yeah. And it's like, of course he would. Like, he, even if he wasn't indirectly involved or anything, Superman will believe that because he protects not just the people of earth but like his friends as well yeah yeah that makes him feel especially weak and you know cuts him especially yeah. deep uh more dc because this was a big dc week in general uh we have the joker number we four did, yeah uh more stuff with gordon there he finally gets his big chance there to uh, shoot the joker and his internal monologue is great because you know joker's fighting it out with the texas cannibals and the daughter of bane is like you know, i could do it i could shoot him right now and i could get away with it. i could even lie about it if i wanted <laughs> but he just can't bring himself to do it and i thought that was a, a very cool you know fork in the road moment where he really thought about it but couldn't bring himself yeah, to I do it. it was really great he also, this issue talks a lot about morality and Gordon being like, you know, I always thought I was like, you know, the most moral man in an immoral city, but I clearly fucked up my kids and I fucked up my first marriage and everything. And, you know, did it, you know, helping Batman and everything. Was that my excuse? I told mm -hmm. myself to try and make it all yeah. okay. And I'm like, man, this is a hell of a deep cut deconstruction. They could never do this to oh, Batman, no. but they can do Absolutely it to Gordon. Not. Which I think is the strength of this story, that they're allowed to take Gordon to these places and be like, maybe I'm not the hero I was. And in fact, when the Joker catches him later, the Joker basically says it where it's like, yeah, Batman's as crazy as me. And you, like, you know, placated him for all these years, and, you know, because you placate him, I can't yep. stop. And I'm like, wow, that's also more insightful than the Joker <laughs> normally is. Joker's really insightful in this issue where he's like, look, you know, you're doing the whole private detective thing now. I want to hire you, Jim. <laughs> Because I didn't do the A-Day attack, and if you read the other books, we know yeah, he didn't. Yeah, it was uh, Scarecrow-related. 
Yeah. But what's fun is that Gordon can't bring himself to yeah. believe him. Oh, well, rightly so. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't want to believe me. He's like, you know, the Joker's not innocent of anything, especially this. And Joker's other big thing is like, yeah, I want you to investigate this. I want you to investigate your employers because once you discover the truth of how the world really works and the people who are really pulling the strings, your whole worldview on justice is going to be so freaking shattered that it's going to be worse than anything I did to you in Killing Joke. And you're going to do it to yourself because I know now that I've put this mystery in the world to you, you're not going to be able to stop. (laughs) And I'm like, damn, this is some interesting material. Yeah, again, leave it to a Joker book to be, have Jim Gordon be the main character. And a very interesting character, mm-hmm. too, at that. Even Daughter of Bane has a good moment where she lets Gordon go, and it's like, you should go home. <laughs> like, I'm not going to kill you, I'm not going to do anything. Like, you should just go home before this gets bad for you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, again, continues to be very fun, very interesting. That and Beta Ray Bill are probably my two favorite miniseries that They're are on both the go very right good. now. Again, you know, 2021 isn't over yet, but they are very strong contenders for best uh, miniseries of the Absolutely. year so far. <coughs> uh, well, speaking have? of Joker, I had the first part of that Matthew Rosenberg Joker story puzzle box. Oh, yeah. See, I picked that up, and I was going to do it for the channel, but then I got too backed up. How uh, is it's it? It's pretty good. It's pretty funny. Um, uh, the, the whole premise of the issue is about Joker being brought in to be questioned by Jim and Harvey and um because mm. he's the only villain who would talk to them um for some because right. there's some some something's happened we'll learn at the end of the issue what that thing is but joker uh takes them through like the, the events that led up to him being put into that interrogation room and he it, it's joker's word against everyone else's so joker's like embellishing facts where it's like oh all the villains got together Natural. at my hideout to thank me i don't know what i don't know what for <laughs> i don't tend to ask questions because you ask questions around these people they tend to kill you so i just accepted it and then batman and robin came in and i thought they were like party people uh, that they'd hired and and they started beating <laughs> up my friends and um it's he's putting like words in batman's mouth about batman's being like oh thank you for helping us joker i couldn't have done it without you you're my best partner and 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 jim and jim, so, so he's bill jim and jim and Bullock just like aren't buying any of it they're like what what happened and he keeps continuing the story and then like the cops show up and arrest him um so what jim and uh harvey want to know is like why the villains were there and why a certain villain wasn't there and that certain villain was riddler because apparently riddler has been stabbed mm. to death and they want to know oh, no. like, if joker is involved with this or who did it and joker is the only one who will talk to the cops um about it oh geez so he's gotta they've gotta go on his word basically and he's just fucking with them the entire time so it's literally a game of unreliable basically, narrator yeah. And I'm sure, you know, is the puzzle box trying to, you know, uncover what Joker is saying, or is the puzzle box a literal thing that Nigma put together before again, he was stabbed? Yeah, again, this could all be part of the puzzle box, but I, I do exactly. like that it was a look at like uh, Joker and Batman's relationship and how uh, Joker sees himself in the eyes of others, and that is that he's like mm. the most important person to everyone, and like, yeah, we don't yeah, get that. I thought much. that was pretty great. It was a great like look at his ego very much so yeah that sounds fun that sounds like a matthew rosenberg story i would enjoy uh again because we're just you know hitting all the batman stories out of the park right now uh detective comics i actually just read this one before we started 
Yeah, again, we're doing a very interesting mystery stuff here with Tamaki, and just when you thought you knew what was going on, friggin' crazy, crazy parasites. Parasite bug monsters. <laughs> sure, why not? I love, too, that the guy who, you know, seems to be the de facto villain here, Hugh, we had seen him in a couple other issues, and it's only in this issue after he goes all gross bug monster on people do we find out his last name is yeah. Vile, and it's like, oh, fuck off, his name is Mr. Vile. <laughs> what a super villain-ass <laughs> name. Look, if you work in Gotham and your name is Mr. or Mrs. Anything Vaguely Villainous, you don't get the job. Because <laughs> nine times out of ten, you're going to become a bad guy. <laughs> Uh, really, though, the story is about Batman or Bruce being uh, brought in by the police because, hey, two of your lady neighbors have shown up dead in the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, and, and they were both last seen with you or, like, around you. Yeah. Yeah, and you're the new guy in the neighborhood, and I'm like, fuck, are the Gotham cops actually doing <laughs> their jobs? And, and not only that, they're doing it against, like, a, a still marginally rich man, rich white man. <laughs> yes. Where it's like, look, guys, even we can't uh, let you off on this one, unfortunately. <laughs> the new mayor, he's, he's There's just too us. much evidence. Yeah, it's just too much. And normally, we just give you a pack, pat on the back and a warm <laughs> glass of milk and let you go. But not this time, unfortunately. Uh, though, ironically, it is another equally wealthy man that is trying to kill Bruce in this situation. And that is uh, Mr. Worth, who decides he's tired for waiting for the cops to uh, get revenge for what happened to his daughter. And decides to blow up the police station yeah, with a rocket launcher. And then try and hunt Bruce through the sewers. And I, I, I kind of like that he's kind of filling in kind of a Bane role. Because we don't have like a giant villain mm. for, for Batman to beat up. So they make this guy like a huge man. Who, who Bruce has to beat up. Yep. I I like that his beef is entirely with Bruce and nothing yeah. to do with Batman. Yep. Though in this issue, he seeks to imply that maybe his beef has nothing to do with his daughter's death and he's just after Bruce for completely yeah, different reasons. Yeah, there's like this weird, like, um, like a vengeance thing he wants for Bruce for some reason. I don't know if you read the backup, but there's a backup where we hear more from Deb Donovan, mm -hmm. the journalist, and we find out that Mr. Worth actually had another daughter who died of, like, a heart condition at okay. four. And that he and, like, the other rich people built, like, a new pediatric hospital in Gotham <laughs> or something. And I'm like, oh, does it have something to do with that? Did something happen to the did hospital because of Bruce? And is that yeah, why he's pissed? did he not pissed? keep funding it or something? Or... Or something. Or when he lost his money, he couldn't keep funding it yeah. or, or took or, that or personally. Bruce, like, like, he found that, that like the money that was going there was being funneled elsewhere, so he pulled it, and that mean the, the center right. got shut down or something? Or... or something like that. I'm like, that's a very interesting piece of information to put in a backup story if it's not going to be important. And this book especially, you got to read the backup <laughs> stories because they're actually important. I think we're programmed to be like, ah, oh, backup stories aren't important. They're just little extra stuff. Mariko Tamaki's like, no, 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 These are actually <laughs> important. So that's good. Uh, the chat asked if we're multi-streaming. Yes, yes, yeah. we are for the third week in a row now. Just yeah, another on monster. Twitch and uh, YouTube. Yeah, so hello to the 28 people on Twitch and hello to the 31 people on YouTube <laughs> for watching us. Always, always appreciated. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that was Detective Comics. It keeps going in interesting directions. I'm not bored yeah, of this mystery. I like mystery. that the, the, the killer isn't, like, a serial killer or anything. It's like a weird alien bug no. monster thing. Yeah, but who does seem to be pointing their infections because they keep infecting people close to the mayor's mm -hmm. office. 
for some reason, maybe to destabilize the Gotham higher ups and also destabilize Penguin and his Again, people this could too. Again, just be related to Magistrate and like because it all seems to fit really well together. Well, in that last issue, we saw Hugh Vile taking a meeting mm-hmm. with Simon mm-hmm. Saint. Which again, I don't know. Does Simon Saint know he's a gross bug <laughs> monster, or is that just a gross bug monster? I don't know. I liked the connective tissue. I liked where it's like, oh yeah, look, uh, both Tamaki and Tynan are talking yeah. to each other. So that's good. <laughs> just another monster saying, "I was watching you guys on Twitch. Had to run to the bathroom, but now I'm on <laughs> YouTube." Because, like all of us, I'm sure you take your phone to the bathroom <laughs> with you and be like, "Hey, what's going on here?" I know I do it. <laughs> Joel, you gotta stop texting on the phone, or stop texting when you're on the toilet. <laughs> but yeah, so that was good. Uh, what else uh, did you we have, had Matt? the final Jonathan Hickman X-Men book, X-Men issue 21. Yes! Yeah, hard to believe that this is the last one, but honestly, I thought it was kind of a fitting ending It was, for but then it was also a really weird ending, in that it was, like, upbeat and, like, happy. Yes. And, like, compared to, like, the issue beforehand. Very. Yes, this is a real go-out-on-a-high-note moment. I think this is like, you know, it's that moment in every mob movie where it's like, and they didn't know how good they had it because, you know, the House of Cards was already about to tumble all down around them. On top of that, it was was extra fucking weird because, like, for, for like, half the issue is, uh, or a good chunk of the issue is Cyclops explaining his deal and the deal of, like, many mutants to Kevin Feige. Yes. Yes. (laughs) and before that before that it's always about it was about namor and then that completely shifts it really is like an issue of two parts you get namor cutting a fucking promo on krakoa and xavier and magneto oh it's wonderful and let me tell you what i think about (laughs) you little man if i wanted to see that your council i'd kick down the fucking door and take it (laughs) you own an island in the 70 percent of the world that i own Yeah, motherfucker, I I would only sit at a council with my equals, and I don't see any of you punk-ass <laughs> bitches as my equal. I like how he's doing it when he's, like, he's like <laughs> shotgunning, like, champagne while doing it as well. Yes. Oh, yeah, he's like, look, I'll come to your party, I'll drink your booze, but no, you don't own me, you don't own Atlantis. <laughs> and you know, you know Magneto and Eric are like, he's gonna be a problem, yeah, should we get, do something get, about get him? He's gonna him. be a problem. Get beast on him. <laughs> yeah, get beast on his ass is krakoa gonna have to go to war with the ocean <laughs> is that gonna be beast idea look i have this plan guys we blow up the ocean will anyone miss yeah, it we'll i don't think de- so we'll get forged to make a device that like like uh dissipates all water on the earth and then we can mm. just sell like it's bottled water to the humans <laughs> yeah really we got aqua boy over here we just got him working overtime <laughs> making water mm. For that sweet, sweet water that will sell at an inflated <laughs> price. <laughs> oh, don't talk about inflation for that shit. The price of meat in Canada is ridiculous oh, no. right now. Yeah, really. It's, it's something about, like, the supply lines mean they can't get feed for yeah. the cattle and because plants are closing down and everything and they got to pass the money they're not making on yeah. to everyone else. Going to be gonna be eating a lot of bologna sandwiches the next little bit if the chicken keeps being Oof. $20. <laughs> It's it's more like sixteen dollars, but like still Oof. pretty pretty up there to the point where I'm like I refuse yeah, this. <laughs> and to think I was eating healthy and everything there, yeah. Apparently, eating healthy is expensive, so it's going to be back to pizza rolls and sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, uh, yeah, the second half, like you said, is all about Cyclops. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting for him to, like, reaffirm the fact where it's like, look, I, I love Xavier. You know, I care about Krakoa. But also, it's not really my bag. I want to do things yeah, differently. Yeah, I like that. I, again, in in the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of mutants actually going up against the council. And, like, yeah. question, like in S.W.O.R.D., we had Fabian Cortez actually question the, the lore about uh, uh, killing humans and how that's kind of wrong and, like, they have no effect on it and he got kicked off the team because he questioned that law um and yeah mm-hmm. I, I, we've got uh cyclops here who legion. um yeah we've got legion we've got cyclops here kind of questioning the laws and using the x-men as a, a um a team away from the council and council oversight yeah 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 we want to do good independently and we kind of want to win back people's faith who we mm-hmm. may have lost which uh, I thought that was cool and also a good marching order for Duggan when he eventually Absolutely, takes over the yeah. book. They also have fun psychic fireworks at the end where Emma invites everyone in the world to a psychic fireworks display. And I'm like, oh, that's so nice. But also because this is Emma Frost and this is Krakoa, is there some underlying she, sinister Yeah, she connected thing? everyone's minds together. Did she put something in there? <laughs> or did she yeah. take something? Yeah, because she she was after she's something got, on this issue from like some secret society that like were like outraged. They knew the mutants knew they existed and something. Yeah, yeah, they were all face covered. I'm like, wait, are these like from those other realms from like X of Swords? We were have we have we seen these people before? I know they mentioned Mad Jim Jaspers yeah. again. Which, God, I cannot believe Hickman is all into Mad Jim Jaspers <laughs> and bringing them all over the place. What a what a fucking deep cut. <laughs> But yeah, so it, it, it ends on like a surprisingly happy note, which I guess is kind of fun for Hickman to be like, yes, and there so ends the Dawn of X, and they lived happily ever after until the reign of X. <laughs> until Inferno. <laughs> until Inferno, where I'm going to burn down everything I built. I, yeah, I have to assume that's what's going to happen. Is what it sounds hey. like. But yeah, so it uh, Yeah, it was, it was pretty solid. good. Pretty damn good. Yeah. I, I appreciate it for having yeah. a happy ending. Again, the Hellfire Gal in general feels like the opposite of X of Swords, where it's like, nah, and then we all just had a nice yeah, party it, together. Yeah, it's, it's very strange, like, for, like, an event. Yeah. I mean, it really wasn't even no. an event as much as it was, like, a, a bunch of tie-ins with an overarching Yeah, it's sort theme. of, like, capping off all the books, basically. Yeah, which I don't hate. And again, the mutants together and having a nice party is very X-Men. I mean, this is a team we love because they played baseball yeah, that yeah. one time. This is kind of like that. This is like playing baseball, but just having yeah, a nice party. Yeah, with the party. underlying uh, theme of, like, them mostly committing war crimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, gotta, gr- gotta grease some elbows, gotta grease some palms, <laughs> gotta do whatever it takes. Get the job done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was good. Uh, what else? Uh, I-, I had two more What'd from you this week. We're actually making good time. Uh, I had Batman mm-hmm. the Detective mm-hmm. from Tom Taylor. This was a weird one, and I know it's a mystery story, and I'm sure all the stuff here that seemingly made no sense will make sense later, but basically, this was one giant flashback issue for Bruce to basically tell the story of how he met Henry Ducard and oh, how he yeah, trained him. it was him. extra weird because, like, I was I was sure after that last episode, uh, issue, I was sure we were going to be getting an issue uh, based around uh, the, this equilibrium uh, character and, like, learning Same. more about her backstory and everything, and then, yeah... Uh, we're, we're like two issues away from the ending and we're getting like a Henry Ducard story, which we kind of already knew. 
Yeah, I mean, we can all basically assume that this is how they met. Now, don't get me wrong. Taylor writes a good mm-hmm. Ducard. I love that he's just like this schlubby son of a bitch who's like, look, you know, you're paying me a bunch of money to train you. Don't wake me before noon and don't wake me yep. without coffee. Yep. <laughs> also, you want to do this gig, you got to work at mm-hmm. night because, you know, that's where guys like us move best. Also, it's good to have friends on the police force in low places everywhere. And if you got a lot of money, it's a lot easier yep. to make friends. So, again, Batman does take some of his advice, but also doesn't take others. And, of course, their relationship falls apart because Ducard kills people yep. and he doesn't. He ends up killing a guy uh, that they were trying to arrest. Ducard beats him up, which I actually thought is interesting that Bruce still yep. lost that fight. Which we don't see very often. They uh, meet up again during a London bomb threat. This is the part that I think is going to be important later because by the time Batman gets there, Ducard has seemingly killed someone but says yeah. that he didn't. That's probably going to be important Th- later. It'll if probably be, be like um, what I what I think it would be. It'll be like a, a retelling of this issue, but instead of Bruce, it's going to be that other woman. And she's gonna kill the right, guy. From her point and of view. when when Henry like tried yeah. to stop her after learning from Bruce, and and yeah. yeah, she ends up killing the guy, and she's the one who set the bomb or something, or something like that. Because Ducard said, "Oh, you're like one of the two best I've ever trained." I'm like, "Well, no one says that if the other one's yeah. not going to come up." That's clearly supposed to be important. And yeah, I mean, that's that's basically the issue. It ends with uh, Bruce being framed for Ducard's mm-hmm. murder. He seemingly dies, but this is Ducard, so he could easily have slipped away. We don't know yeah. what actually yeah. happened. Also, too, man, they're spending a lot of time in this series in hospitals. <laughs> yeah, you notice yeah, a that? lot of time. Like every other panel is them. They're in the secret hospital. They're in the real <laughs> hospital. They're in the other hospital. <laughs> Apparently, Europe is nothing but hospitals. Apparently, Tom Taylor is really into this, you know, National Health Service (laughs) medicine. So that's good. (laughs) But yeah, this uh, this one, I didn't love this as much as the other two issues, but I'm sure it's all going to tie together. I trust Tom Taylor for having a big, you know, prestige reveal. Yeah. Uh, And the last one I had was Spider-Man. Yeah, what's happening in the Chameleon Conspiracy? So so much is happening so. in the like, Chameleon Conspiracy. The I'm like, this is so much to take in. What the fuck? I I see why Marvel is making Nick Spencer take on a co-writer now because literally we're getting to the point for the last two issues. It feels like Spencer has been explaining his story and yeah, not telling it. it over and over again. When we already know, if you've been reading for this long, we already know what's going to happen. Right, or like giving overlong answers to be like, haha, you nerds, you know, I did my homework, so don't feel like you can checkmark me out there because I know what I'm doing. So he explains how this version of Ned Leeds is seemingly alive again, and he ties it back into like that special, you know, Wolverine versus Spider-Man story from way back when, when they were both in Europe. And he's like, you know, look, after Ned seemingly got beaten by Flash Thompson, uh, he thought the world was closing in around him. So he took a bunch of goblin formula, which he was never supposed to have because he was only like brainwashed into being Hobgoblin by Kingsley. But he took it anyway, meaning when he was mysteriously shot by all of the foreigners goons, he had like enough healing factor in him to dig himself out. And the reason you haven't seen him all this time uh, the real Ned Leeds is because a mysterious figure picked him up, which I'm going to guess is Kindred. I'm going to think he's not really back to life. He just thinks he is because Kindred brought him back yeah, using yeah. magic. 
that's the way I'm thinking it. And uh, now him and Betty are working this like Russian misinformation campaign case that, oh, hey, look, just so happens to be funded by the foreigner who is also has his hooks into Jamie right now to steal the catalyst so they can power the clairvoyant device so they can yep, see the future yep. <laughs> for reasons that have yet to be explained. And Spider-Man actually breaks up their heist that was going really well. And so the foreigner and chance and all those jack-o'-lantern drones come in to fight him. And that's basically yeah, when the does issue. Come on. Uh, Bresson, I think he comes in after the next arc, which I think is uh, that uh, sinister yeah, war I was, or whatever. I was going to hop on with this, but yeah, I read those first two issues. I'm like, this is so, this is way too much. What the hell? There is a they are just piling yeah, yeah. it on. And I'm like, look, Nick, I, I respect that you know your Spider-Man history. I respect that you're fitting this all in and having it all work and everything. But it's like in pursuit of what to tell a story about Richard and Mary Parker that like most fans scoff yeah, at anyway. Because yeah. again, that's the thing too. You know, Teresa doesn't know what she is. Is she a clone? Is she an LMD? Is she you know like actually the Parker's daughter? We don't know. But by the end of this story, it's yeah. probably going to be different. And again, it's a uh, it's a lot to take. It in. is it's just so a lot. Much. It's so much. I hesitate to call it bad. Because it all works, but it's just a little draining. <laughs> it's like the opposite of like a Tom King book where like nothing makes sense and you drive yourself crazy trying to put it together. <laughs> too much. This is like yeah, everything is makes much. sense. Yeah, where it's, yeah, everything makes sense, but you're like taking too much yeah, time explaining yeah. it. But yeah, so that's Spider-Man and that was, uh, yeah, that was everything cool. I read this uh, week. The last one I had uh, was the he- Heroes Reborn Young Squadron. Oh, yes, yes, the big champions one that Zub got yeah. to come back and write. Um, it was pretty good. I Like, half the issue is just uh, pages detailing how these certain members of uh, the team got their powers and stuff. We got, like, Sam Alexander. Uh, he, he thwarted a, a Modak attack uh, when against Dr. Yeah. Spectrum and gained a part of his prism, so he became Kid Spectrum. Uh Kamala Khan uh, worked at a museum in Jersey City where they had utopian uh, artifacts and they, uh, the curator was selling them right. and she used some of the artifacts to like defend them and uh, Power Princess says she could keep them so she became girl power um, and uh, Miles Morales uh, is like a big fanboy of, of Falcon and Nightwing, uh, Nighthawk and uh, when Falcon died he decides well I'm going to take the Falcon's place and he how very and Tim he, Drake uh, of you developed and like built like a, a costume and tried to like uh, be his partner and, and Nighthawk says if you come out in that costume again I'll fucking kill you and sounds and like he, he still does and he does it in like secret and he ends up getting the other two uh, characters together and they form the Young Squadron and they and the issue is about them fighting the Wrecking Crew uh, who in this universe got all their powers oh. from stealing Utopian uh, magic makes sense because and uh during anymore. the fight deadpool shows up and uh oh his his again he looks like he did in that uh was it the heroes reborn issue the the nighthawk issue where he's briefly in that issue where his costumes all teared up and and everything and uh, he ends up kidnapping falcon and and we learned oh, no. that he kidnapped him because again it's 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 very stupid but it's like yeah it's Roy wilson of course this is stupid uh he he knows that yeah. like the falcon is dead so he has to kill the falcon so it stays dead 
<laughs> oh, right, because he's the Harley in C- this Kind of, yeah. He's, he's got, like, a big hammer and everything. And then, yeah. Um, and yes, then, yes. yeah, the other two track uh, track Falcon down through the Whisperer, Rick Jones, who's been tracking, tr- who's like, mm-hmm. he's like a, yeah, like a gossip, uh, gossip uh, rag TMZ sort of guy for heroes. Um, oh, he's been fun. tracking Falcon using the wavelength his costume sends off. Um, which is, a, it was a little bit, that's what, that's the one thing I didn't like about the issue. It was a little bit, um, uh, of a coincidence that Falcon is the one who gets kidnapped and he's the one that they've been tracking. So they were able to follow him and find out where Falcon is and stop Deadpool. But it's at the end of the issue, right. the, uh, the kids learned that the, cause Deadpool actually, he says something like, um, quite sane which is uh he he knows that the kids have seen the the squadron supreme who they based on do some really horrible shit they always go that extra step where it's like sometimes they use like lethal force and it's like uh dr spectrum like vaporizing a bunch of people and all that sort of stuff so it's like are they really do they really have everyone's best interest in mind and and it's that little right, seed that gets right. the the kids to decide. Well, we're not going to be the squadron, the young squadron anymore. We'll be we'll be champions for people. Ah, yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, fun. they're all one and dones all these times. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah know, it, it was pretty fun. Which is which is probably fun. for the best. Well, that's good. So yeah, is that it, Matt? Is that's that everything it. for the night? Yeah. Is that. Uh... All right, so there you go, everyone. I guess we'll start winding this show down. Again, thank you so much for coming out and listening. We always appreciate it. Uh, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to the show first before anyone else. We got some new patrons just recently. If you, uh, you know who you are, thank you so much for that. We really appreciate it, especially now in these trying times when I'm not sure about YouTube and longer content and everything. Also, you know, now is the time, too, if you don't regularly comment, you know, comment for the algorithm. That's always much appreciated. That always helps. Take the surveys if they give them to you. That also helps us in a big way. Uh, Get yourself a delicious Wild Bill soda and use the promo code CAPEJOEL for 10% off. We're headed into the summer now. We could all use cool, refreshing Mm -hmm. drinks, could we not? So that would be good. And, uh, yeah, just uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter and other social media. We'll always let you know when the show's starting. Hopefully we'll be back again same time, same place, unless yeah, something tom- happens. I'm, tomorrow I am looking at doing another stream. I know I said I would do one yesterday, but I had some uh, work stuff pop up uh, at the last minute, so I wasn't able to stream. Uh, but I'll be continuing my Ratchet & Clank playthrough. Um, really been enjoying it. That, that game is so it looks so good. Yeah. It's so good. It does. It looks it looks actually yeah. next gen yeah no uh no doubt about that uh yeah so again thank you so much everyone for showing up as always on both apps again i'm trying to write how much <laughs> i appreciate it here over on youtube but that doesn't mean i don't love you on twitch any less i, I love you all ten thousand. <laughs> so thank you so much everyone and we'll be back again next yeah. time Bye bye